after a month of isolation, each member of the party having their own journeys, travels, epiphanies, and revelations, they've returned, all of them, in the evening to the mainland of the Kraley Islands, greeting them as their teacher and each other. Berlandier, Dominique, Bamak, Mick, Brynier, Val, and Luna. Your teacher seems satisfied, both in you all and in himself. And as he claps his hands together and speaks, he says, I will give you time now. From what I've heard, gathered, and seen, perhaps this has been successful. Perhaps not. Time will tell, as time will temper whatever it is you have learned. I will give you until tomorrow evening, and then we will resume our instruction, and you will be brought before the elders once more to either stay, leave of your own accord, or be expelled from the islands. And he gives you the slightest nod of his head, turns on his heel, and walks away. Val is going to go immediately to Luna. How was your month? Oh, um, interesting. I think, I, I don't know if... That's quite as revelatory as perhaps he said, or I'd hoped. But I learned a lot, at least about the Crayley, and I think about myself. That is good. What about yours? Um, I was outclassed by a child who should not have existed, so... That's a strange thing to say? <laughs> it was a strange thing to have happen. Luna, unsure how to respond, kind of just purses her lips and looks around at the others... <laughs> Quietly assembled. Who are all watching. <laughs> yeah, overhearing this combo. <laughs> Vomok just seems unfazed by the, the, the phantom child that showed up, Val. Luna addressing everyone, kind of taking a step back. Did anyone else have anything, I don't know, remarkable happen? I used the intent. That is very exciting, Brynir. Yes, for someone having no training or... No offense, knowledge of, of intent or essence or any connection to it in a way that beforehand, that, that's a great achievement. I am pretty amazing sometimes. <laughs> Dominique, how was your time? Dominique is an emaciated skeleton in the corner. He is not exactly in it. <laughs> oh my good gods, what happened to you, my dear boy? Dominique, he blinks a couple of times. He was sort of zoned out on the whole trip back. He was definitely zoned out with whatever that guy was saying. He blinks, he, he looks towards you and he says, Oh, it was, it was good, actually. Uh, revelatory. Okay, what, you're more delirious than I thought. Come on, we gotta give you some food. I think it'd be a good idea for us to all have something. I haven't eaten for the good part of the day. Why don't we head back to the house? As they're turning to head back, Rolander is going to kind of offer a... Actually, he doesn't even know if Dominic's in a state to choose it, so he's going to kind of stand next to Dominic and support him if needed on his way back. Dominic does take it. He's going full Gandalf. You wouldn't take, we should stop. <laughs> With one arm. So he'll take the other arm. I think that Mick will also not leave Dom's side, so we'll probably take him by the other shoulder, if you will. He will happily give away the staff for the support. <laughs> Well, after being uh, alone for a month, Brynir, after making it back to the house, is going to go ahead and uh, go do some some self-grooming on his face, particularly as he now has a semblance of a full beard and very long hair. Is Vamak again concealing like his deformed arm or anything? You know what? I will say yes. 
he's like normal mask indeed now. Once we all get back and have taken an appropriate amount of time to kind of settle back in, maybe gather some food, clean ourselves off a little bit, Rolandier especially scrubbing his hands quite vigorously, um, his hand quite vigorously. <laughs> he uh, Scrubbing with what? What is he scrubbing his hand with? <laughs> he finds a, a sea urchin that <laughs> he just rubs up against it. Takes it out of his pocket. <laughs> he he tapes the a sea urchin to his to his stump and he it's uses that to scrub. Given the appropriate amount of time. He uh kind of gathers the the group and whoever is there in the main room and just says So we all had our own experiences. And I don't think, I for one at least, don't fully comprehend what I'm supposed to learn of that. Not fully, at least, yet. But tomorrow, we begin these lessons again, and I don't know if it will be tomorrow or not, but soon, we are talking with the elders. What are we going to do? Yeah, everyone's kind of in the sitting area of this, this common hall, arranged in a almost full circle by a little crackling fireplace. Drinks, blankets, snacks. It's cozy. I suppose the first matter of business would be to decide if we want to stay or go. Dominique, uh, kind of 30% recovered. Definitely more lucid. He's not, like, super lucid now, but he's getting better. He just says, I believe that it would be a good idea to master this technique. Or at least I need to master this technique. I failed on the island, but I feel that it is important to me. So for me, I would stay, at least until I can understand it more. What do you mean you failed? I was incapable of utilizing it to influence anything. Though, why is still a question to me. I don't understand how it works, but I think that was partially because of my stubbornness, my ignorance when they tried to teach me. And so though I may have wasted this time to learn, I need to make this change. I need to make this better. If you believe that, though, then your time wasn't wasted. As I said to Mick earlier, it was revelatory. Though, in the intention was to teach me how to utilize this intent, I did not succeed in utilizing it. But thank you. That's just the thing. I don't think that was our teacher's intention. I don't know how many of us were able to actually do what we set out to do. Use true intent, or however they call it. But it's like Rolandir said. We each gained some part of it. Some understanding. Perhaps together we have a whole. That is exactly what I was about to say. Rolandir, what what was it you were referring to then? What knowledge did you attain? As I said, I... I don't think I grasp it entirely yet, but I was not able to manipulate anything outside of its natural course of being, but I was able to experience at least the feeling of inevitability that nature has, its power. If I'm being honest, right now, if we had no pressing matters, I would love to stay and figure out everything we can about this additional power. And perhaps I'm being a bit short-sighted, and we, we need this to accomplish our ultimate goals, but 
what I felt on the island was not enough to compel me to feel the need to stay here in lieu of chasing down what I know we need to do. That's at least how I feel after a month of isolation and no real time to think about it, so that that could very well change, and I, I do want to hear what our instructor has to say tomorrow, but right now I, I feel like it's so out of my grasp. We'd be trying to catch smoke if we hoped to use this power against the gods. And Rilandia, I think that's exactly it. I mean, take me, for example. Learn from my mistakes. One moment I was fishing, the next I woke up from a coma two weeks later. What happened was is I tried to impose my will on other beings, and I think that that's where my crucial flaw was. Who's to say that we're not imposing our wills on the gods? Maybe that's why they still exist, and the Kraley haven't wiped them out. But then doesn't it stand to reason that if we do want to carry out what it is we hope to, then we can't use this power? We will be simply at the mercy of the intent as we know it. You got a point there. I don't know how to make sense of it. I'm only saying is that with the mechanics, the understanding that I was able to gather from my experience, I don't know if it's possible. But you, Mick, learned that you can't impose a will that's not something's own. And you, Rolando, said that you were more aware of the natural inevitability of things. I think those two go together, at least in my head. What did everyone else? She just, like, looks around at the group. There are a few things that I would like to say. Firstly, my experience on the island was very interesting. The first day that I was there, I tapped into something greater, similar to what Rolandir said. I was aware of much more than myself. But not only this, I saw many great things, many inexplicable things. It was as if the present moment was a nexus, and from the present stemmed many possibilities, and the way to use this higher form of intent was not to impose my will upon my surroundings, but rather to try to choose one of these possibilities, try to choose the outcome that seemed favorable to me. It is hard to put into words, but it seemed somewhat effective. I suppose my experience was similar to a degree. There was a child who followed me on the beach and was quite masterful with the use of this power to a degree that I honestly cannot comprehend, but when I left, our teacher told me that there was not a child on that island, so I do not know where they came from or exactly what is to be gleaned from that, but I, I had some minor success in not imposing my will on the world around me, but sort of seeing if it was willing? I don't know. In any event, I believe that whatever we choose, this higher form of intent will be instrumental in us accomplishing our goals. Which brings me to the next thing that I would like to discuss. Who is our enemy? Is it all the gods, or is it air? Well, as we know right now, or at least last we spoke with any of the gods, we were going to be on trial, and then we escaped their prison, and here we are. In that case, 
it would appear that the Ethereals themselves are a much bigger threat to us. Whether or not they are in league with Air, I wouldn't say we're exactly in the good graces of many of them. I believe we can use this to our advantage. Perhaps we can leverage the animosity between Air and the other Ethereals to escape their judgment permanently. Well, three of you are godborn. You're linked, whether you like it or not, to an ethereal. To escape that, uh, you'd have to sever that link, lose what you gained. I did at one point have an agreement with Vale to help have him help me break my bonds with Yakuda. I will be blunt, and I will be forthright, and say what it is I had in mind. We should cut ties with our current patrons and seek out air and use an alliance with him to strip the gods of their power. But wouldn't air be the ultimate victor then? I'm just thinking of Dominic that's like basically saying <laughs> we, <laughs> we build a pentagram <laughs> and we make a deal with the devil. <laughs> this is a terrible plan. <laughs> It would, in response to Mick's question, it would, but we would be making a deal with the Betrayer God. I do not think it would be outside of anybody's purview if eventual betrayal were on the table, either by him or by us. It would be a tentative agreement at best, the enemy of my enemy being my friend and such. Until we don't share an enemy anymore. Yes. But perhaps the same way we strip the other gods of their power, we could strip air of his. It would be a very, very risky gambit. And if we do not agree upon it, then we do not need to proceed in such a manner. But I will also disclose in the spirit of honesty... That I myself have spoken with air. Yeah, throw that one on us. Um, <laughs> real quick, just to confirm something. Uh, air is also no bueno for the Church of the Ten Truths, right, Ryan? Air straight up doesn't exist in their canon. Okay. Like, it's 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 not like like Vale is the devil, but like air is like oh no 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 that's just straight heresy that's blasphemy like. That that would be like if you were a 14th century Catholic and another 14th century Catholic was also like so Krishna and God right? <laughs> and you're like they're uh -huh. on the same. I just I guess I'd be less. I'd honestly as a 14th century Catholic I'd probably be had better feelings about making a deal with Krishna than I would be with Satan. So I mean, sure, whatever. <laughs> That's true. I, I, this it might seem a strange thing to say, but I don't know that any of us even know exactly what the truth of this world is. You know, we've been told many various things about Air and who this person is and what they've done, but we don't actually know how much of that is fact. And we do not know what his plans are. We have been told that he seeks to destroy Egg's creations, which is the world, but from my conversations with him, it would lead me to believe that that is not truly what he intends. Wait, conversations plural? <laughs> I spoke very briefly with him on two occasions. 
Once was when we tried to bring Kadagas back, which in hindsight was probably not the best idea. And the other, I believe everyone went into a town to gather supplies, and I stayed to watch our belongings. He sought me out there, presented himself before me. Did he offer you something? No. He simply said that we would speak again. And have you? Not yet. Which is why I bring this before each of you in a reasonably safe place. We could use this to our advantage. Dominique, upon hearing Vamok's plan, he goes to stand up. He's too weak to really stand up, so he leans forward and he says, Just so I understand, your plan is we go to Air, who you claim exists, but I honestly trust you not to say he exists. So we go to him. We make a deal to rob the other gods of their power because we, in our great knowledge, know this to be the best decision. And using that deal, we secure for ourselves the power we may theoretically need if we want to eventually betray who you call the betrayer. That is your plan? An oversimplification, but yes. <laughs> On the island, I learned it was necessary for me to reinterpret and re-understand some of my beliefs and understandings. I am willing to say air exists, and I am willing to say that he might have a place in this. I am even willing to say that there might be a reason to remove some of the gods from their positions, but I am failing to understand the necessity of this. While I understand your desire to free yourselves from eternal condemnation, do we condemn the world for your freedom? Is that what you are asking me to do? Is it merely personal, your reasons for wanting the gods weak or gone? Not at all. If things happen according to a new plan which I have concocted, it would be for the betterment of all inhabitants of Egadon. There would be no more gods to meddle in the affairs of mortals. Things could simply play out. There would still be wicked men in the world, that is sure. But there would also be good men. There would be those who seek to end this eternal war between humans and kin. And perhaps without the interference of the gods, that may just happen. Progress could finally be made without the meddlesome influence of those who only live for us to worship them. I think if my uh, episode demonstrated anything, it's that a simple changing of the guard isn't enough to secure peace and prosperity, even if human and kin came together even if there were benevolent leaders. If I'm understanding Vamok and his plan correctly, it wouldn't exactly be just a changing of the guard. It would be an entirely different level of rulership that exists on the world. The, the people who make decisions would no longer be so far above the common man. I see some potential issues with that plan, but I have a hard time completely denying that it sounds like a good one. We must change the system. Okay, this entire time that people are justifying this plan, Dominique is looking increasingly incredulous. But he's also, like, recognizing his own incredulity. And so he's like, oh, wait, but maybe I should. But then also, at least people are crazy. But then also, I said I was going to be a open. But then also, dang. And the descent into madness continues. <laughs> Luna speaks up again, looking between the lot of you, saying... What I've learned here, it's... The Kraley acknowledged the existence of the Ethereals. 
They acknowledge they have power. They just don't worship them. They're not gods to them. They're ethereals, whatever that is. On just, I don't, perhaps human, kin, ethereal. It's just another race of being. Perhaps. And if that is the case, and the Kreli live without the influence of the ethereals, then why cannot the humans or the kin? I think it's always been apparent to me that the Church of the Ten Truths has used the gods unjustly. You can see that in the works of the Magisters. Even you, Dominique, have to admit that, that the Magisters use power unjustly. That they uh, invoke a name of something sacred to perform duties that are abysmal. I can accept that they are wrong. Without a doubt, the Magisters, I hate them as much as if not more than you. But to say that because people have taken something and corrupted it, that it is worth us completely destroying with no plan for what happens afterwards, I don't want to incite anger, incite confusion, but we saw what happened when you ran the world, Luna. And it was not horrible, but was it better? Was it different? Really? Oh yes, kin and humans didn't fight, but other people fought. There was no lack of war. How are we growing? I'm not saying that we must keep the system we have. I'm not saying that we are good. I'm honestly, one of the things I learned is perhaps we can't change. But what is the change? Where are we going? Because right now I see people, people, normal people, without amazing understanding, without new, deeper intelligence. Maybe you know more than me. Maybe you have all seen more than me. I feel like I've walked in onto a group that has seen so much and I know so little. But what I see is pride and arrogance bringing people to think themselves gods with the power to kill gods and no idea what to do when those gods are dead believing that people will be safe and yet we see every example of people abusing, injuring you think it is the gods that have created this war you think it is the gods that have created the magisters I don't know I, I, I don't see a future in what you are showing me and that is my fear that is my concern I agree with you the world I made was just as imperfect, perhaps not in the same ways, but in different ones. You all saw that just as much as I did. Though, I still have trouble remembering when I was in that position. I took Dominique, for example, from this world at this time. Others were created whole cloth, and then others still were taken from this world, but not this time. And when it all collapsed... For a brief moment, I had everyone's understanding, as I did when you all left. Her eyes flit to Val because they didn't have that interaction. But for that split second, I saw glimpses of a world where I had been dead for centuries, and we all were never remembered, and it didn't look any different. Everything was as it still is. And Sure, we don't know what comes next, but if we don't even open up to the possibility that something needs to change, or no, I know we're all on the same page about that, all I'm saying is, well, what's it matter? She's actually starting to get a little flustered. What's it matter what comes next? We know what the right thing to do is. We know who has the power and who who doesn't deserve it. We could figure things out as as we go. We've always done that. Nothing's. Why, why are we stopping now? This is... She just kind of cuts herself off, red in the face. Dominique, he says, I have one question. 
that I think describes my problem with the idea of what does it matter, with the idea of we can play this by ear. When you created that world, you took some of us here from Agadon, and you created some people, correct? As far as I know. What happened to those people who you created when we came here? I had their perfect understanding up until the moment we were gone. Do they still exist? Does that world still exist? I don't know. I don't think so. So you killed, erased millions of people as we walked through our portal rejoicing. I was rejoicing. I thought, oh, it was so great. I'm going back to Egadon. I can see my family. I can see my people again. I will be back, not even knowing that I might be condemning thousands, millions to death, to non-existence because of my greed. Because in the moment it seemed like a good idea. Would you do that to Agadon? Agadon is different. Luna's like speaking through gritted teeth. Like something about her has like flipped a switch. Do we know that Agadon is different? Do we know that if we eliminate the Aetherials that there will not be some sort of event like removing you from there? Tell me this. Were you drawn up out of dust by some uncaring, unknowing god? Or do you have a soul? Were you breathed life into this world by by parents who had parents who had parents? <laughs> or were you just the thought experiment of some child? I don't know. I have no idea the church says one thing, but... <laughs> It is only after you are pulled from your universe, brought into another with decades and millennium of history that you realize maybe things are more complicated than they may seem at the beginning. Maybe I have a soul. Maybe I am not. But maybe I was created by egg. Maybe I was created by an ethereal brought here to entertain them. And while I do not like the idea of entertaining, I do in fact like the idea of existing. And while I don't mean anything to someone who is godless like you, I am not. I have a connection to them, and this means a lot to me and those I know. Luna stands, like, knocking her chair backward as she does so, and she says, Well, I, for one, would rather live in a godless world. And she storms off. Uh, Val is going to give a look to Dominique and get up to follow her. Making friends! Rolander is going to stand not abruptly or anything. He just kind of waits until, you know, until Luna and Val have made a good distance towards their room and probably slammed the door. Um, <laughs> and Luna slams the door for sure. <laughs> and uh, he's just going to pat his lap, stand up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, it's getting a little, a little warm in here, guys. Hey. <laughs> so uh, anyone up for a game of foosball? So Rolander stands. And he just looks around at the remaining uh, the remaining individuals and he says, Well, fortunately, we don't have to solve all of life's mysteries tonight, but we do have the one decision that I would ask everyone to think good and hard about. Whether we're staying or whether we're going. If we stay, I don't know if there really is any definite time period that it goes on. I don't even know if time is still passing outside of this realm. I have no idea how this works. But I do know that if we choose to leave, we are once again subjecting ourselves to whatever judgment these gods may have, but at least we would have the chance to move forward with our plan. I appreciate the discussion and the thoughts that all of you have shared. I 
I, I don't know. And he just kind of shakes his head, and he's going to walk up to his room. Mick, Brynir, both of you have been quiet in these dealings. Just observing, particularly you. And why is that? I just have a feeling that there's more to this plan than you're letting on. Let us say that I first needed to test the waters. And what if I said I agree to your plan? What would you say to that? Then perhaps there would be more conversations in the future. But it is not the plan that I am willing to enact without everyone involved being on the same page. And tell me, Vermark, what do you get out of this? In due time, Mick. In due time. And then he's going to look at Mick, and then at Brynir. Even though he's blind, his eyes still, like, look at both of them with, like, perfect precision. And then he's going to get up and go to his room. Dominique, I think that you may be too connected to your bonds. During my time on my island, I realized that there is a separation that needs to occur between yourself and those around you. Not to say that those things are bad. I will say that I do not think it is the best plan to strip all of the ethereals of their power, as some pose no threat whatsoever and are just living as they do. I think it would be much better to be champions of justice and order, trying to stop wrongdoing. And so I do not believe that a lot of ethereals that we've interacted with would have issue with that. Yes, they are high and mighty gods, and you may still believe them to be gods, but I've come to see them more as people that have been raised up to try to make the world a better place. Some have done so, while others have used it for their own gain. So, long story short, try to reassess what those people mean to you and what you can do for the world. Dominique basically reaches for a hand from Brynir to help him stand up. He'll give it. And he just leans against the table and he says, Bria, I am... I am grateful for your words. I, I, I truly am. I fear I have been uh, too forceful in what I thought in, in what I thought I learned there. I merely want us to think. Never apologize if you speak your mind, Dominique. I may need to apologize to Luna. I fear I've gone too far, but I merely want us to think. On that island, I spent a lot of time thinking, and I realized. Since meeting you in that small town, I have not thought about what we were doing. I have not thought about why I was with you. I was caught up in your power, in your ability. You were as much as anyone else. And I did not consider, but stopped there alone. I thought. And I believe that no one had thought as long as we were together. I believe that we all thought now we had no choice, but I merely was hoping to help people consider, and thank you. 
You are right. I, I need to think more. I need to consider more. There is more than just the limited vision I have. I berated so harshly Luna and Erlander and everyone for believing that they knew. But that is built on the assumption that I know. Thank you. I have a lot to do. He starts kind of doing the old person shuffle out. You know, where you're, like, you're constantly touching something. He's doing that. He's going in the direction of Luna's room. That's up the stairs. <laughs> He's not going very quickly. <laughs> Maybe in the morning. He's hobbling. Brynir will pick up Dominique, assuming that he's trying to make his way up the stairs. He, uh, what kind of carry are you doing? Are you cradling, uh, cradling him like a baby, or are you doing like the fireman carry? He'll cradle you like a baby. <laughs> yeah. You're small enough for that. So that just leaves me. Well, okay. Well, I was just about to say, Mick, upon seeing literally everybody else leave, will say out loud to himself, well, and slaps his <laughs> knees and say, that's my cue, and will get up and go to his room. <laughs> As the night winds down, I guess everybody's doing their own thing. Rolandier, you hear a little tap on your window. Little rocks being thrown around. <laughs> a little tap. And as you look, you see your old girlfriend from high school <laughs> standing outside. Rolandia, Rolandia, let down your hair. And as you look, you see Vakos tapping at the window, and he has like a little bit of paper tied to his leg. Rolandia gets up off the floor where he had been sitting, meditating, and he goes over to the window, cracks it open. Let's Vakos in, takes the paper. And as you unroll this piece of paper, written in Old World Common, is just one sentence, and it says, Tonight's a beautiful night for a walk. And as you look out, you see the figure of a mock. <laughs> hey, babe, <laughs> what's happening? With a boombox. <laughs> <laughs> um, you see the figure of a mock. He's like a ways off. So it's almost hard to make him out, but you can tell that he's there. Without a second thought, Rolandir looks down at his still fairly dirty hand and stump. Well, I guess here we go again. And he jumps out the window. <laughs> <laughs>